you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up, how are we doing, how are we doing, and welcome to episode number 85 of the Banner Branch Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? First off, before we talk about the Celtics victory, I would just like to say rest in peace to Lute Olson, former University of Arizona Wildcat coach. Rest in peace to Clifford Robinson, former NBA player, mostly known for his time with the Portland Trailblazers in the early 90s, and rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman, aka the Black Panther, Wakanda forever so what's going on everyone you can find me on the twitter machine at banner banter 18 or on facebook and instagram at banner banter podcast let's talk about the celtics win the celtics win 112 to 94 and they take a 1-0 lead in the best seven series against the toronto raptors in the eastern conference semifinals second round whatever the hell you want to call it matchup first off let me just say i dislike kyle lowry more and more by the day and even though He was probably the best Celtics player out on the floor for the first four minutes of the game with how bad he played. I cannot get over how much Kyle Lowry complains to the officials. I know that I'm going to talk about Jason Tatum complaining to the officials, uh, or to the officials, in about three to four minutes. But there is no one on the face of the earth that complains to the officials more than Kyle Lowry, and I'm sick of it, and I can't stand it. With that being said, whenever he leans down, and gets like super close to the official's face and looks them dead in the eye, like bends over and almost talks to them like they're chi- like they're a child, like, hey, sharing is caring, okay? You need to share the Paw Patrol toys with everyone, okay? That's be- like, dude, you're not that tall. You're not Taco, you're not Marcus Gasol, you're not Pascal Siakam, you're not Vincent Poe, you're not any of these people. You can stand up straight and talk to these people. I don't understand why he has to, like, bend over and try and have a conversation with these officials. It's so annoying. But what wasn't annoying was how bad Kyle Lowry played. 5 of 12 from the field, 5 turnovers. He looked healthy. It didn't seem like his ankle gave him too many issues because he did have an ankle issue uh, in Game 4 of the Nets-Raptors series. It was... I. Yeah, I think it was the first quarter when we played like nine minutes of the game. He left. Obviously, the NBA boycott uh, gave him a couple days extra for rest. And he looked good health-wise, but overall, he did not play well. He took some terrible shots. Obviously, you know, classic Kyle Lowry, like quick layups, a couple threes here and there, or I think just one three overall, but a pretty crappy game for Kyle Lowry. 
the other player who also had a crappy game, I mean, there were a couple players who had crappy games for the Toronto Raptors, was Fred Van Fleet. Fred Van Fleet, I think, was very frustrated early, and you have to give the tip of the cap to Brad Stevens for that. I was not expecting Brad Stevens to blitz and try and trap and try and double-team Fred Van Fleet the second he brought the ball over half court. I think that really threw off the Raptors' offense. I, they, I've... I know I just stuttered a thousand times there. I've said this a million times. I really don't think they have the best half-court offense in the world. That's why they play with so much pace, and they're a very good fast-break team, and they get a lot of transition points, et cetera, et cetera. But I really think it threw them off so much because at one point, the Toronto Raptors only made four field goals, and they had six turnovers. And I think that was a big part of why the Celtics expanded their leads so much. So tip of the hat to Brad Stevens for, you know, one of the things I'm going to talk about later is out-coaching Nick Nurse. It's a tough thing to do. He is the most recent coach of the year in the NBA. So tip of the cap to Brad Stevens. A couple other frustrating things, because to me this game was more frustrating than anything else. I think this game was beyond frustrating. Yes, I understand that they won by 18 points. Yes, I understand that they were up 22 points at one time. But this game was very frustrating. You could not be happy with the last 15 minutes of play for the Celtics. You cannot be happy in how they came out in the second quarter because I believe they were up 13. They started one of nine when they came out in the second quarter. We'll talk about that in a sec. But Jason Tatum missing shots early was not ideal. Jalen Brown obviously picked up the slack, which was great. But the two of them combined were 15 out of 36. That's not good, but it did the job. I mean, Jason Tatum didn't get his first bucket until 40 seconds left in the first quarter. So do you say to yourself, well, that kind of sucks, but they're up 13. So you're like, okay, that's great. So if the if everyone else is playing that well and Tatum's not playing that great, can you imagine when everyone's playing great? Yeah, absolutely. I get that. I agree. But I need Jalen and Jason to shoot the ball a little bit better. And obviously, it definitely helped. I thought a huge part of the game right away, minus Van Fleet getting surprised with some traps because I think the Celtics played like six or seven different defenses. They played their pick-and-roll coverage different. They played some 2-1-2. They had some half-court traps, et cetera, et cetera. They played uh, a 2-3 zone for a little bit as well. But I thought a huge part of that first quarter was when Jalen Brown hit that corner three-pointer and won. It was Pascal Siakam's third foul. Nick Nurse used his challenge. It was obvious that Pascal Siakam hit Jalen Brown on the, uh, on the elbow. Nick Nurse then still complained, got a technical. Jalen missed the technical free throw, ex, you know, so on and so forth. But... I didn't like how Jalen played in the second half because, again, we have to worry about Jalen Brown foul trouble. Jalen Brown should be on the court with nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter of a basketball game, and he wasn't, and I felt that that was very frustrating. And sure, Jason Tatum picked up the slack. He definitely got a couple of great baskets, like that one foot at the buzzer shot at the end of the third quarter. Bravo. Stuck a couple threes, and he did take some ridiculous shots. There was a shot in the top of the second quarter where Jason Tatum like went... He tried to shoot a three he, or pump fake it, and then he like took a step forward, and he just like chucked it up against the backboard. It was one of the most brutal things in the world. And, of course, that was 1,000% Jason Tatum's fault, but he has to blame the official, and it wasn't the official's fault. And as much as I complain about Kyle Lowry complaining to the officials, Jason Tatum needs to just relax and just play some basketball. Like, just shut up and just do you, man. They, the calls will come. Remember, you're in, like, year three. Is it year three or year four for him? I forget. Either way, he's still super young. He is going going to be a superstar, if not already there. He's going to get the calls. He needs to shut up. Daniel Tice, the Time Lord. Let's talk about them both. Daniel Tice had a very hit-or-miss game, in my, my opinion. 
kind of frustrating, but also kind of good too. He dominated the boards. He had 15 boards. He had 11 in the first 12 minutes that he played, which is fantastic. But he couldn't catch the ball, and he couldn't hit the layup if his life depended on it. He didn't do a great job of sealing Gasol off either sometimes because, you know, whenever you see Tatum go in for an easy layup or Kemba go in or Jalen or Marcus or Gordon, whatever the case may be, Daniel Tice does such a good job sealing in the paint that those guys can just go in with ease. But I feel like Marcus Gasol was prepared for that. I think the last time the Celtics played the Raptors before the bubble, which I think was in the end of December, Nick Nurse... Gasol, Lowry, they were all super focused in, you know, great preparation on their end, ready for every single Celtics center, ready to seal in the paint, and they were ready for it, and I didn't think Daniel Tice did a great job of that. I did enjoy the fact that Daniel Tice got a flagrant call on Serge Ibaka for a body check. I'm shocked that on the way back down where he, it looked like he kind of extended his leg and kind of tripped Ibaka or kind of swung his feet out from underneath him, they didn't call a foul on him, but getting that uh, flagrant call on Serge Ibaka was great, but for Daniel Tice to have 13 points and 15 rebounds, you'd take that every single night of the week. And he probably, no joke, he probably could have had 20 points if, keyword if, he hit some layups and if he actually caught the ball when it was thrown to him. It, like, I wish I could just put Ennis Cantor's hands on Daniel Tice and we would have a really solid center. That's it about Cantor, though. Just, that's it. And by the way, no Cantor banter this week because he hasn't played, and no stud of the dud, this, no stud and dud this week because we only played one game. And I think we can all agree that the stud of the game was the Time Lord. Huge in this game, came off the bench, first one, sixth man because Daniel Tice had fouled trouble early. Nineteen minutes, ten points, five boards, two assists, two blocks. Absolutely fantastic. His dunks were great. He was very physical. He went up, grabbed some offensive rebounds. You love to see that. He caught some lobs. There was one time Marcus Smart threw a lob to Daniel Tice, and I swear, if Time Lord was out there, the Time Lord would have caught it. But the thing that frustrated me about the Time Lord, again, there was a lot of good in this game and a lot of frustrating parts in this game. Time Lord needs to stay on his feet. For the love of God, he just has to stay on his feet. There are times where you need to block the basketball and send it to Epcot Center. But there are other times you just need to stay in Disney World. You just need to relax, stay at the Magic Kingdom, everything's going to be okay. Okay. <laughs> there are so many times where he literally just jumps too soon, a defender goes by him, an extra pass is made, and it's frustrating. The other frustrating part was when Serge Ibaka came in the same time around the same time the Time Lord came in. It's tough saying the word time twice. The same time Time Lord came in. That's a mouthful. But he, I think Serge Ibaka got like eight straight points. He hit a couple threes, went to the foul line, and I'm not saying Time Lord has to block three-point shots. I don't think anyone is expecting that. Obviously, if he flies at him, it's going to go, but I felt like there were times where he would let Ibaka catch it, set himself, and then he didn't even extend it his hand. He has such long hands, and his his arm length are, is ridiculous. Just put your hand up, distract the shot a little bit, and I feel like Serge Ibaka might miss some shots because Serge Ibaka is going to make wide open three pointers, unlike Daniel Tice, you know. So props to Daniel Tice, catch the ball, make some layups. Props to the Time Lord, just stay on your feet. The other thing that I loved about the Celtics in this game, but again, something that was frustrating, was the ball movement. For example, the very start, the very first possession of the game for the Celtics, great ball movement, open three. Start of the third quarter, they the Celtics had three wide open 
corner three-pointers, all because of ball movement. They got 25 assists. I've been preaching for the last two or three episodes, please start moving the ball around more. 15, 16, 17 assists a game aren't going to cut it. 25 assists a game will cut it. But you know what won't? 23 turnovers. 23 turnovers because they were dumb, they were careless, they were lazy. Absolutely ridiculous. They only had three turnovers in the first quarter. And then the Raptors, the second-best defensive team in the league statistically, and probably, you know, even just watching it with the, with their eyes because they're such a long, athletic, lengthy team, they're very good defensively, forced 20 turnovers in three quarters. That is terrible. So, yes, 25 assists, delicious. 23 turnovers, oh, my God, I just puked out all the food. That was delicious. That has to change. If you can do 25, 26, 27 assists a game and only 14 turnovers, you are going to win a lot of games. But there is not many other times where you can have 23 turnovers and win a basketball game. I've, like, I would love to know how many teams have won a basketball game with 23 turnovers and more, and the other team has less turnovers because the Raptors finished with less turnovers than the Celtics, even though it started off like an absolute shit show for the Raptors. Some of the other things, um, after the first quarter, you know, you, you, you're feeling good going into the second because you drew 11 fouls, you shot 68% from three, and then you start off the second quarter one of nine. You let the Raptors go on a 10-0 run, all because the Raptors set up a 2-3 zone, and I swear to God, the Celtics just shit themselves. I don't understand it. It was so annoying. You, someone has to set a high screen at the top of the key, whether it's Tice, Brown, Tatum, I don't care. If Kemba has the ball, set a high screen. That's how you pick it. Or pick apart the 2-3 zone. If that doesn't work, you just swing the ball around and you do it quickly. You don't hesitate. You move it, you move it, you move it. Sometimes Brad Wanamaker, who made some big shots in this game, especially when the Raptors were on some runs. So shout out to Brad Wanamaker. Even though he missed a free throw, that knocked my socks off when Brad Wanamaker missed a free throw because he never does that. Anyways, to beat this 2-3 zone, you set screens at the top of the key. You either swing the ball around or you have someone literally waiting at the elbow or the free throw line, especially when they're playing an extended 2-3 zone or 2-1-2. I want Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown to catch that ball at the free throw line, turn around, and shoot one of their fadeaways off of one leg, two legs. I don't care what it is, but I trust them doing that. I really and truly do. The other thing that I don't trust is Kemba Walker's knee. Oh, my God, when he went down and started limping, I wanted to cry. I did not like that. A very scary injury because it was the same me as always, but it, he made me completely forget about it at, when he hit that buzzer going into the half. Or, <clears throat> sorry, he hit that three-pointer at the buzzer going into the half. So that was great. Love to see that. Some of the things in the second half that I was kind of cool with, kind of not cool with, uh, the Celtics came out great. Like I said, they hit those corner threes, and I was really, really interested with how focused the Raptors were with getting Siakam points in the paint. They threw him, no matter who was guarding him, they threw him on the block, and they tried to post him up for some easy bunnies. Marcus Smart got an offensive foul in the first quarter because of it. I think that was Ibaka's second. And every single time, no matter who was defending him, they were trying to get Siakam in the block. And if that is going to be the number one option, for the Toronto Raptors in this series, because their half-court offense is so bad, I like our chances in this series even more than I already did. With that being said, even though the Celtics can defend Siakam in the paint, this is where I'm going to get like angry. The Celtics cannot beat the Toronto Raptors playing iso ball. 
They can't do it. Jason Tatum cannot go one-on-one with a lot of these guys on the Raptors. I understand he's going to beat them because he is a good shooter. He can make contested shots. All I'm saying is the Celtics ball movement and wide open corner threes are much better than Pascal Siakam defending Jason Tatum one-on-one with Siakam's length or Anobi's length or how physical Norman Powell is defensively or how Kyle Lowry will flop and get an offensive charge and put Tatum in foul trouble. You cannot beat this Raptors team playing iso ball. And they did that late in the third quarter when the Raptors went on another run again. They caught themselves playing iso ball, and it bit them in the butt. And because of that, it made them lazy. Fred Van Fleet got like two steals, a couple easy buckets. And you can't be happy with the last 15 minutes of play for the Celtics. You can't. There's no way you can look at the last 15 minutes of that basketball game and go, hey, you know what, I think we're going to be okay moving forward. Yeah, I like our chances, yeah. No, that is not going to be the case. Absolutely not. So, episode 83, I talked about the five things that I was really going to focus on in this series. So let's break it down on how, how it went in game one. Fast break points by the Raptors. They're a very good transition team. They're like top three in pace in the entire league. The Celtics are like bottom five in pace in the entire league. The Celtics transition defense I thought was great. Everyone hustled back. Everyone was doing their job, filling the lanes correctly. Kemba picked up an offensive foul late in the game against Pascal Siakam. I think that was his fourth because he hustled back. You love to see that. And the other cool thing is with the Time Lord loving to block shots, he is going to give us extra effort to try and block a layup on a fast break. I promise you that. So one for one so far because they only held the Raptors to seven fast break points. That's great. Number two, can Brad Stevens outcoach Nick Nurse? I think he did that in game one. I thought Brad threw out some defensive ideas and some different looks that Nick Nurse hasn't seen yet. Obviously, Nick Nurse is a great coach, current uh, coach of the year, and he is going to make some changes. So it'll be interesting to see what Brad does next and what Nick Nurse does next. So I would say 2 nothing, Celtics in my five things that I'm looking for in the series. And then Pascal Siakam versus Jason Tatum. They didn't guard each other a lot. Uh, Jason Tatum came out and guarded Kyle Lowry, which kind of made me a little nervous just because, you know, Lowry flops and can get anyone in foul trouble. But overall, you can absolutely say that Jason Tatum had a much better game than Pascal Siakam. In the last two games against the Boston Celtics, Pascal Siakam is a riveting 10 of 31. He shot 5 of 16 yesterday. And then in the first bubble game when they won by what 22 23 points he was 5 of 15 so 10 of 31 so I don't think Pascal Siakam likes playing against the Boston Celtics hopefully I just didn't jinx that and if I did my apologies I don't know why I'm out of breath like I I, I, maybe I'm just really excited to do the podcast so sorry about that but I feel like I'm like out of breath like oh yeah okay okay great yeah the Celtics oh yeah they won oh my god okay cool I hate 21 I hate 2020 you know like whatever all right so technically we're up three three oh on the five things that I'm looking for number four the Celtics can they win the guard battle can Kemba and Smart be better than Van Fleet and Lowry and oh me oh my were they Kemba and Marcus Smart were friggin awesome in this game absolutely awesome in this game Marcus finally shot the ball well oh hallelujah like thank god he finally shot the basketball well but that only means he's not going to do it again for another five games but six of ten from the field five of nine of those from three 21 points six boards four assists you love to see it but 
because I was frustrated in this game, he led the team in turnovers. Marcus Smart had five turnovers in this game. Did not like that at all. Not for a friggin' second. He was lazy, especially that steal that Van Fleet had. I think it was in the third quarter where he was just like casually dribbling the basketball like he was by himself. And then Van Fleet just swiped down. It was almost like Marcus Smart was making a play like on himself. It was it was so weird. But uh, Kemba Walker, first career playoff double-double. Kemba driving kick passes last night or yesterday, whatever the hell it is, or if you're listening on a different day, on Sunday, uh, they were spot on. The driving kick passes, I loved how the Celtics recognized when, if he was attacking the basket, and, you know, perfect example was probably, I think it was Jalen. Was it Jalen or Wanamaker? I forget who it was, but there was someone who was, you know, just at a backdoor cut because their defender saw Kemba attacking the rim, and they were like, oh, no, we can't let him score. And then Kemba found the guy, went in for an easy dunk. So you love to see that. He shot the ball well from three. He only had two two turnovers. 25 points, so I really don't have a lot to say frustration-wise with Kemba Walker, so congratulations on that, Kemba. Bravo, job well done. So technically, out of the five things that I'm looking for, now the Celtics are up 4 nothing, and then the battle of the benches. Celtics lose there. Raptors won that 32-22, to but Ibaka shot the ball well. He's had 15 points. Norman Powell scored 10 points. You're expecting those guys to score, but the the rest of the Raptors bench didn't do that much, so Brad Wanamaker can score a little bit more. And Time Lord obviously getting 10 points off the bench played well. Shemi stuck a couple threes, I think. Almost got a third one, but that's when the Serge Baca flagrant foul thing happened. So that's that. All right. So game two, I believe, as of right now, I believe it will be 5.30 on Tuesday. I know the game is on Tuesday, but I am 99.9% sure it will be at 5.30 because the Clippers beat the Mavs and are moving on to the second round of the playoffs in the Western Conference. So... What are the five things that I'm looking for for the Celtics to do in Game 2 to move on to a 2-0 series lead? Well, number one, stop being lazy with the freaking basketball. You're not going to win these games 23 turnovers. We need another game of 25 assists. You are not going to beat this team playing iso ball. Move the ball around. Get some easy baskets. Let the Raptors defend on their heels. That's what you got to do. Number two, don't let a poor shooting night frustrate you. Marcus Smart is going to have a, a poor shooting night. We, he's going to come out shucking threes. He's confident. There is not a more confident shooter in the NBA than Marcus Smart. It drives me absolutely cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, but I respect the hell out of it. With that being said, if Marcus starts shooting bad, someone's going to have to step up. If it's not Marcus and Kemba starts shooting bad, then someone else is going to step up. I know the Celtics can do that, so don't be frustrated if you have a bad shooting night. Number three, keep up the defensive pressure. I don't think the Raptors liked how aggressive the Celtics were because they were looking for so many fouls. Maybe they changed their mindset. Who knows? But I love the pressure that the Celtics brought in this game against the Raptors, and you have to do that again. Please and thank you. Number four, be be prepared for them to come out firing. They're going to come out guns blazing, and if they come out on an 11-2 run, that's okay because... Like, let's say the first, oh, I don't know, four minutes of the game, it's 13 to 2. Who cares? There's 44 minutes left of the game. Make it happen. It's a game of runs. Hack at it. Come back. Because if they come out 11 to 2, they'll be like, game one was just a fluke. Don't worry about us. No, 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 no. This team needs home court advantage. They need their fans. Play basketball. Don't get frustrated if they come out firing and playing well. 
play better. Simple as that. And then finally, run back and set up your defense. The Celtics transition defense was fantastic. To only allow the Raptors seven fast break points is absolutely ideal because the Raptors half-court offense sucks. So run back, set up your defense, get ready, set your feet, get some charges, get them in foul trouble again, and let's do the damn thing. So that's it for episode 85 of the Banner Branch Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. I really appreciate it, as always. If you didn't check out episode 84, please do. My friends and I talk about the NBA boycott and sports and the Black Lives Matter movement. I think it's very important. I think sports plays a huge role in that. And I bring five of my friends from different backgrounds, different communities, different ethnicities, and we talk about it. And I think it was a really great conversation. I learned a lot, and you will learn a lot too. So make sure you check out episode 84 if you have some time. But episode 86 will be out on Wednesday morning, probably around 9, 10 a.m., like it usually is. So we'll talk then. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And yeah, that's it. Wash your hands, wear a mask. Black Lives Matter. Talk soon. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.